0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) Valeria Tellez interviews Gloria Coppola, the author of The Breakthrough, Wisdom of the Soul. Gloria is courageous. She takes chances in life and lives it to the fullest. She seizes every opportunity to living life fully and tapping into the joy. She decided playing small was selfish. Yes, selfish. Playing big is selfless. She speaks in front of large audiences sharing and teaching others ready to take charge of their lives. The founder of a nonprofit Massage Without Borders, during Hurricane Sandy, helped raise thousands of dollars for therapists to restore their businesses. She received a humanitarian award from the World Massage Festival for her aspiring and humble work to assist the lives of massage therapists after Hurricane Sandy. She contributes to a nonprofit organization called OperationSmile.org because every child should have a smile. She's not nearly done either. Determined to have a legacy for others, to realize no matter how life knocks you down, no matter how bad you feel, you can pull yourself up and accomplish your dreams. Her motto, I'm not giving up, I'm rising up. Gloria has been a successful wellness and lifestyle coach and business entrepreneur for over 30 years. The former owner of a massage school, holistic center, and health food store, she has also authored three books, including Both Ends of the Rainbow, Lomi Lomi, A Healing Journey, and has written for many holistic and beauty magazines, in addition to being an ordained minister. In 2020, she had a calling to help others publish their story. As of today, she has helped over 30 authors develop their stories in three collaborative style books and two solo authored books. Women Standing Strong Together, The Path of Awakening and Breakthrough, Wisdom of the Soul, all became number one bestsellers. Meet Gloria at gloriacopola.com. Here is the interview with Gloria Coppola.
0: In your own words, who is Gloria Coppola?
2: Gloria Coppola, she is a visionary, a free spirit, an observer, and a witness to all that God shows me and wants me to see. What, where, and who is God to you? God is more than a concept to me and I see God and feel God in everything, in nature, in the living force within my own being and and through every single person's heart and soul. And that is another word that we usually
0: use. Another word is soul. Do you connect the soul to the spirit,
2: creator, divine force, source? I see them as two different parts, actually. My spirit is more of my life force energy that moves me and my soul is what propels me. (laughs) Mm, My soul, I feel, has been educated in many different lifetimes to bring the knowledge and wisdom that I need during this one.
0: Okay, so they are
2: different in a way,
0: those two. Yeah. When you say lifetimes, is that a knowing or a belief system?
2: I feel like it's more of a knowing because even since childhood there were things I knew that could not be explained that were beyond my ages and even now my perspective is very different than the mm-hmm. average person for most for most things so it is often questioned where does this come from and it's a knowing so
0: I have lots of questions for you here uh, based on your work on your book breakthrough Wisdom of the Soul. In your book, you mentioned the word soul alchemy. I think this was not in the book perhaps, but a flyer or something you sent to me and that caught my attention. Those two words together, what is the meaning of that?
2: For me, it is how we transmute our energy, how we grow, how we um, take that which we came in with and process it through that which we learn, only to go back to the wisdom <laughs> that we came in with, and and bring it bring it to that whole center and peace of who we truly are.
0: So it's actually an unlearning process. It's going back, like you said, a return,
2: and and taking that in in deciding or feeling or sensing or that knowing. What is it that we are to transmute within this lifetime and our purpose within this world that we live in? Wow. How could we shift, shift and change based on that soul wisdom? How can we shift and change what is happening now?
0: Speaking about what's happening now, this year, 2020, what do you think we have learned from this
2: experience? And what is your vision for a new reality? Mm, good question I know what I've learned I don't know what everybody else is learning right, right. <laughs> I remember when 2020 you know first came in and people were like oh it's going to be a year of vision and a year of clarity and then we had you know the whole pandemic show up and there is a lot of vision in that there's a vision and clarity of how we react and respond to different situations how we can let fear govern and rule our lives or not you know for me um I've never really, it lived in a place of fear. and even growing up, teachers would <laughs> tell my mom the girl does have, has no fear. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
2: And and so my vision was different. You know, I didn't go into panic and fear. I, again, was an observer. I was looking from a level of clarity of what is truth and real? What is happening here on another level? Because that's generally where I take my level of consciousness. If I stay in this place of I'm going to react and go crazy with everything I see on media, well, then I, I cannot have the vision and clarity that that is available to me. So for me, this has been a em- tremendous year of all of that. And it has shown me not only what I'm capable of in going with this new flow, including publishing these books, but the people that have come to me that have also had to pivot you know, taking their work, their words, their messages and levels of consciousness out to the world when prior they may have never done that. So there's so many opportunities if we allow it to come to us versus getting stuck in fear at any time in any year.
0: It sounds like you already had access to your soul's wisdom at an early age. Why do you think for most of us it doesn't happen? we are somehow blocked and we don't see them.
2: Well, in working with my clients that decide to do the sole purpose coaching, it always comes down to, for each person, the strong indoctrinations and beliefs that they're holding onto because they're fearful of letting go of their comfort zone. And and once they can have some breakthroughs on that, then they begin to see things differently. They begin to open up to their gifts and they begin to remember putting themselves back to their sole purpose.
0: It sounds like um, a lot of work (laughs) worth going through, of course.
2: You know, it's it's funny because some people say, is it going to be hard? Is it a lot of work? Again, it goes back to perception. If you're ready for this Trans this alchemy, this transmutation, okay. Then it doesn't have to be a lot of work, it's just showing up, being present and being willing to look at yourself differently and let go of the old stuff that really has tied you and bound you and limited you. And the people that come to me that I coach, they're ready, you know? And when we do um, a sole purpose consultation and the information comes through, they're always amazed because, you know, I don't know these people. They're always amazed at how validating it is for them because on some level, they always knew, but they didn't have somebody there encouraging them.
0: And as you said before, also depends if this is something to happen in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we can do anything and change what has been.
2: What I've learned through through what have I have been guided to utilize in, in my sole purpose work is to look at the main life lesson or pattern that shows up in different areas of our life at different times. And and that can mean this lifetime. And if people believe in past lives, maybe they brought it in. I don't go into that in this work because we're here on this plane doing this work to progress into the future. But there are these patterns and lessons and you know, when people can see what I call the layers and remove that thin veil, they'll actually learn why it keeps coming up for them. And they'll learn from it that it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually to accelerate your soul purpose. The
0: sign would be repetitive, let's say, experiences.
2: It could be experiences. It could be obstacles. You know, I, I like to call it life lessons versus obstacles and challenges, but that's what people relate to. Okay. So yeah. And, and for me, when I've utilized this work for myself, even personally over the last decade, you know, I was in a situation that seriously was life and death, you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm like wondering what's going to happen to me. And maybe this is my last day. And And then I hear to go back to that message that I had, about these lessons and you know it would help me and I'm sitting there going really like how but I I took a deep breath and I just allowed allowed that wisdom to come through and obviously I'm here today. In
0: your case you actually were already fearless in a way your entire life so do you think that this is in a way easier for you to do to be open?
2: I don't know if it's easier I just know that it's it's been this way. I had a mother that was always very supportive of my gifts, although sometimes she told me, keep them private and secret okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, at a very young age. But I was fortunate even that divine intervention would happen at different stages of my life. And all of a sudden, you know there would be mentors and spiritual leaders that would give a I was young, a young adult wisdom and messages to to help me understand to not take everything verbatim to keep exploring to keep going deeper to access this level of consciousness and and greater love capacity from the age of 12 i had people showing up in my life like that so i feel that i'm blessed in that way And it's also given me a greater understanding and compassion and empathy for people because I've also gone through, oh my gosh, so many lifetimes in this lifetime that I often say to myself, why am I still alive? (laughs) How come I haven't killed myself seriously or become an alcoholic or a drug addict? And I have to say that whatever this sense that I feel from my soul brought me to all these experiences to help the people that come to me.
0: What is the spiritual awakening to you and how is it different from a mystical
2: experience? You know, somebody asked me a similar question the other day and she wanted to know what their spiritual ranks. And I don't see spiritual awakening that way. I feel that we all come here on a spiritual journey. That's my personal feeling. And we we walk this journey depending on how much we trust, whether it's a higher source, ourselves, our soul, whatever. So for me, the spiritual journey has deepened over the decades because that saying is, you know, you, you got to walk your talk. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, some people take the mystical experiences that they have when they get involved in metaphysics, thinking that's their spiritual journey and it's only a piece of it whereas the spiritual journey you know will take you through many levels of understanding like in like in shamanism you know they talk about you go through many deaths whether they're physical emotional you know spiritual so forth and and i have seen that in my journey so spiritually for me my connection with the greater whole nature, God, whatever you'd like to call it, a higher consciousness, has become rooted more in my core than just having a mystical experience, which I've had many, okay? And they have helped me gain deeper insight. But if I don't do something with those mystical experiences, then what have I learned? You call it the journey. Is there a destination? I don't think so. (laughs) 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 The destination is right here, right now. I think we're, you know, the thing is, we're looking for something in the future, but when you actually awaken, it's all right here, right now. So, the idea of the journey is? It's to show up and be aware and deeply understand your own purpose. Right. In every moment, right, Gloria? In every moment,
0: yep. Talk to me some more about. The different stages of awakening, those stages are different for all of us, too, or somehow we
2: share them? Both. That's a good question. Both. Um, I do believe they're different for people because some of us, like I was saying, we're more willing to step into it deeper. Um, I think our experiences are definitely different that bring us to that. Like some of my clients could be in their 40s and 50s and share with me that they just had the greatest awakening of their life and it's shaking them and rattling and they're wondering why it's so hard. But in looking at their journey, you know, they had bits and pieces of it showing up, but they didn't grab onto it, you know, for whatever reason, you know. And some of us are, I think, Guided at earlier ages, you know, to to pay more attention of the journey. So, yeah, we're all different. I don't I just think we're all walking home <laughs> on different paths, basically.
0: It sounds very much like a destination.
2: Right, Gloria? When you say home, going back home. Home is in the heart. Yeah. Home mm-hmm. is in the heart. And, and and like this morning I was having a conversation as well with somebody about that. And a lot of people think, you know, love is the heart, you know, and yes, it is, but not the physical love. And so people can get confused with that.
0: You said before you yeah, had the not having a destination in the moment, the here and now and being open to whatever life gives us that in a way might be home?
2: You know, for me, it's, it's kind of like a spiritual peace. Mm. And I, I just know yeah. when I'm in that space, that is home to me. So take, for example, like everything going on this year. And there's so many high emotions right now. And yet I'm in this place of spiritual peace. And people ask me, <laughs> mm-hmm. how come and how do you get there? Well, again, it goes back to this. This is what I allow into my life. I'm I'm not allowing the distractions, you know, that take me away from that place that feels like home. And it's a it's a and I know there's more yet, but it's a high level of spiritual for peace for me right now in my human existence that I'm working towards even further, so that I don't get jolted out of it. And that's home.
0: Do you think it's possible to stay? And that place of inner peace, of spiritual peace, as you call it?
2: I do think it's possible because I've been experiencing it the last 20 years of my life. You know, I had total upheaval and losses on so many levels at one time in my life, to the point that my depression was really deep. I wanted to die You know, I gave up so much. My spouse died. I lost my home. My business got (laughs) embezzled. all within one year. You know, it was just so, so overwhelming. And yet within two years of all of that, you know, in going deeper into whatever was being brought to me, I have to say that the depression helped me find my spiritual peace.
0: Mm, Right.
2: And then I learned right. you don't turn it on and off. Why would you want to? Why? Why would yeah. you want right. to? So if I yeah. wake up in this place and remind myself this is where I want to live and something challenging comes my way and I lost my ground or my center, well then my spiritual peace wasn't as strong as I needed it to. You know, I've got to amp it up and keep it strong. And I have found that this this year. Um, I've had lots of challenges, just like everybody else. I actually had three moves in five months, which were not expected. And not many people know that because they're looking at me thinking, oh, and okay, so she moved again. Like, it's just something I do. But it, it had its own stresses and it had its own challenges. But I chose to remain in that energy to get me through it. So
0: you speak of challenges. You just spoke of them now. And the awakening process it's filled with painful experiences. I'm wondering why and how do we learn to transform people who like us, you have from what I hear, mastered to do that and be in that center, which is a wonderful thing to do. But how do we learn to do that ourselves? Well,
2: I'm I'm still learning to master it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh, For me, the realization that came to me through that process, like over 20 years ago, um, I realized that everybody wanted to numb me out through that process. And I refused, whether it was medication or anything or getting back to work and forgetting what happened. And I realized, you know, that's what we do. We numb ourselves out. We don't experience deep enough because we think the pain is going to be something we can't handle. But in actuality, the pain, the emotions, all of that helped me grow as a human being and helped me understand that the pain is kind of like childbirth. It's going to hurt for that one big push. And I remember crying, Valeria, for two years. And one day I realized I wasn't crying out of sadness or pain. I was crying because there was a raindrop on a flower, Mm-hmm. And so it turned to joy, tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but we can give ourselves that space to have that experience. I mean, even as children, don't cry, you have no rights, you're a spoiled brat, you know, all these things we get told you're stupid. And so we don't honor our feelings. We start to shut them down more and more. People get sick and ill, and some people, you know, turn to to alcohol and drugs at young ages because, you know their emotions are just stifled.
0: That's something that we definitely learned to do. It's not something that's natural to us.
2: And it's coming up big time this year too, Valerie. I mean, you look at, What's happening, you know, social media, friendships, family, people are being, again, silenced because of their own feelings and opinions. And it doesn't mean there's a right or wrong. That's the thing. Uh We have to be able to mastermind together to use our thoughts, our ideas, our feelings and come together as a whole to understand things because none of us know every one thing. None of us. Uh But what's happening? People are getting, I, I've been attacked on social media. I've been called so many names. If I hadn't done my work, I'd probably sit in a corner and cry all year long, okay? And, you know, so people are being shut down, shut off, friendships are falling apart. And it's like, wow, here is that peace again. We're not allowed to own who we are if we have differences.
0: Do you see this
2: happening in our lifetime? I could only pray, Valerie, and I do <laughs> so a dozen <laughs> times a day, to be honest with you, in every step, in every breath.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the purpose of the human experiment,
2: Gloria? I'm still figuring that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if somebody had a program glitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> but That's if I have cute. to, you know, look at that even <laughs> spontaneously, you know, yeah. and depending on all of our beliefs out there, if I believe that that the soul recycles and life continues, you know, and without going into belief systems that I was taught as a child, and if I look at us as, as an energy being of creation, constant creation, you know, amidst this vast cosmos, we're just a tiny, tiny little piece of the experience to to keep life and creation going. Right. And that's all I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's an
2: interesting perspective. I think we put so much emphasis on ourselves here and that we forget that there really is a greater, greater cause beyond our, our simplistic human mind. And you know, Valeria, I think like when they say with age comes wisdom, I, I really believe that's true because at 18, I thought I knew everything. At 30, I thought, oh, no, this has changed. And now I know everything, (laughs) you know, at 45, when everything fell apart, I said, I know nothing. And I was the one out there teaching people law of attraction, all of this stuff. And I remember thinking, I don't believe in anything right now, nothing. And that was the spiritual abyss that I fell into to relearn and remember. And now I'm 65 and still learning and know very little when you think of it in the scheme of things.
0: Speaking of uh, unique purposes, having our own gifts, do you believe that, that we all have our own unique gifts?
2: I absolutely do, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, so I have a question for you. How do we know when we are finally there, when we are exploring and living that gift?
2: I believe that it resonates so deeply with passion and joy that there's no doubt that the path or what it is you're feeling is meant to be. What people confuse it with is their career. They think it's their job. It's not. Your purpose shows up in everything that you do, how you are, the energy you put out into this world. And that's also something when I'm working with people, you know, we dive into that. Like, what is that unique purpose? Because we all have one, but we have to get out of the mindset that we were conditioned on this earth that you have to become a mom or a psychologist or a teacher or a doctor or a mailman or whatever it is. And that's your purpose because you're good at it. No, there's more. <laughs> and, and when you're in alignment with that energy, you know, it's a joyful feeling.
0: So it's interesting, it's not just what we do well, but how well we feel. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What is freedom to you? What is to be free?
2: To have no limits. To have no limits in the sense of how I want to think, how I want to feel. You know, freedom to me, like some people will equate it, well, if you're financially set, then you're financially free. And for a long time, I bought into that system thinking, okay, maybe that's what I need. And then I had it and (laughs) it was taken away. (laughs) And my freedom came again when, when I was in that darker space that what I call the spiritual abyss to explore. There it is. It's to explore the freedom to explore that which is meant for you in that moment in time. And so, again, it goes back to no limitations.
0: I think it goes back to self-love, the whole idea of also finding who we are, a purpose that remembering self-love might be part of the process. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? I think that's a
2: process. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I do believe that's what we have to, you know, work through on ourselves because again, we go back to the things that, you know, were were indoctrinated in our lives, how we were treated, the things we thought of ourselves, And I I don't think there's a client I've had in years that hasn't said to me, I don't feel worthy. I'm not enough. And therefore, there is not that level of self-love. And we have been taught very often it's selfish, but it's not selfish. It's a necessary part of taking care of yourself. And that doesn't mean just, oh, I have to eat right and I need to keep my body in good shape. It's the spiritual self, too. It's the emotional body. It's all parts of it. And many of us that are caretakers and healers and moms and so forth, we are taking care of other people first. And we forget to take our own basic needs of what's most important. And for me, that could be simply, you know, having the quiet moments in the morning saying my gratitude prayer and not using my voice before 10 a.m. And people laugh at me sometimes and they're like, well, why won't you use your voice? I said, because I used it so much for so long. And this is my self-care to take these couple of hours and just be like, just be and take care of my spirit. And the only time I'll talk earlier is if I'm getting ready to fly on a plane to go travel somewhere
1: (laughs) 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 to explore.
2: So. Self-care, you know, people have to understand it's beyond, again, the things that you do. It's how do you be with yourself? Do you love the fact that you can be quiet and still? Do you love the fact that you can go explore the world on your own if you need to? Or do you wait for other people all the time? Can, do you let go of guilt that maybe you want to go to a spa for a day and it seems frivolous and a waste of money, but yet it fills you up?
0: That balance between loving ourselves and also loving others at the same time. Do you think it's possible to balance those two?
2: Yes, I think there's different types of love in all situations and we need to get clear on that. All right. Because I know for myself and going through my process in my life and I see it in other clients, we truly don't understand what love is only a concept of what we have been shown love is. And that's why so many struggle in relationships and jobs and everything. And the balance comes, I feel, for me, myself. When I began my self-love journey without guilt and shame and all of that and took care of my priorities versus somebody else's, then I found out I could love them differently and more deeply and unconditionally and didn't have to take care of them. And, you know, I can fall back into patterns, but I'm more aware of them faster. My red flags go up quicker.
0: Right. How did you become a writer, Gloria?
2: I've been writing since I'm a child. And I always love to write. I remember having a notebook all the time if we go for car rides or wherever. And I was always writing. I'd write poems. I'd make stories up. They always called me a dreamer. They said, you have such an imagination. Mm -hmm. And then in high school, I took all different types of writing classes and they kept telling me I had to pick one. And I said, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why do we have to pick one? Why can't we have all right? (laughs) And so uh, and then I became the literary editor, you know, of the school magazine. It was always there. But Valerie, it was not was not encouraged to do anything with it per se as a career. But it was always there. So when I look at my my blueprint of my life and I go back to childhood with writing and art and then where I got directed, you know, become a mom and, you know, this, that and everything else. Not that any of that's bad. It all played a role in my life. But I was always writing. And then I started writing for magazines for like three decades, you know, and they, they would bring me on as their featured, you know, writer every single month. And I was just naturally doing it. It wasn't a big deal for me. And then people would say, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. And I'm thinking, ah, every book has been written. And <laughs> then I realized something because this is something my own authors say, yeah, but my story has been told already. Mm, not by you, not by the energy and your life experience and your wisdom and the timing for somebody to connect with you. So it all kind of just unfolded. And then the next thing I knew, I was being guided to help other people write their stories.
0: Yeah, I often think about writing as a healing tool, a healing method.
2: Yeah, it is. And that's exactly what happens with the work that I'm doing with people. I had two two clients this week, Valerie. One gal said to me after her second, because they work one on one with me, uh, the second story development session. She began to cry, and she said, "If I never publish my story, it would it doesn't matter because the healing that I got from this process." was beyond anything i expected and then yesterday another woman basically told me almost the same type of thing she says i cannot believe how much healing and insight is coming to me through this process that you bring because i'm not i'm not just my background is a healer you know in the holistic arts for 40 years and a life coach So what I'm bringing to them is, like you said, healing through those words. And when I feel an energy, Valeria, coming from them when they're speaking to me and I know to tap into that soul question, it changes so much for them. It's an amazing process.
0: So talk to me for a moment about the inspiration and also the intention of writing your book, Breakthrough, Wisdom of the Soul.
2: Well, that one's actually a collaborative book. And I was guided by God a year ago to bring a group of women together and we thought it was going to be for a speaking event and then we got the insight we needed to write a book so the first book was actually Women Standing Strong Together and I thought that was the only book until the messages kept flowing and so Breakthrough is actually the third collaborative best-selling book that we have put together this year and that one, again, everything comes through insights, very heart-centered, soul-centered. And the stories in there that aligned. And I have a, an introduction in there too and a conclusion where I bring story in as well. But the the main featured writers that was all guided for me to, to align with these individuals and they find me. It's it is truthfully just, you know, you could call it God aligned, spirit aligned, whatever you want, but it's aligned. And when the messages came to me that the world needed powerful stories at different levels, as you talked about before, the different levels of awakening that they can bring to people, like when they had that breakthrough in their life, what was it? So going back to the beginning of this whole conversation, right, that that book takes you through the different levels or experiences people have had so for example you know one decides to give up all her luxuries in her life her family the house the car everything buy a big rv take the kids on the road do homeschooling teach him through the experiences in travel okay so she had to let go of a lot of things but there's more to the story too about trials and tribulations But she had to get to that point. The family had to come together at that point. And then from something like that, you know, then we have a story in there where, you know, a parent has to understand and find another level of compassion for her teen child who decides to tell her they're transgender. And how does she deal with this in her own heart? You know, she's a nurse and a massage therapist. She's used to fixing things. She couldn't fix anything because nothing was broken but she had to come to that place and have a breakthrough herself so there's there's some powerful stories in there on all different levels and i won't give it all away but the different stages that people can go through maybe walking into a metaphysical shop and all of a sudden someone invites you to a meditation and that brings that mystical experience that opens the doorway
0: so it's very uh unique too um It might be important to learn from other people. That's what I often wonder, if we can learn from others and not going through the experience ourselves, the challenges.
2: Well, I definitely think we can learn from others. I think that even if we're going to go through the experience, if we're learning from others, we can make it a little easier and not beat ourselves up. I know that I learned from every single author I work with, how they process things in their life, what worked for them, Can I use any of that in my own life? You know, obviously, yes.
0: In your biography, you talk about surrender. You say, surrender to our higher power and make the commitment to follow our hearts. I'm paraphrasing you. So my question is, how do we know when we are actually not giving up? We are surrendering and letting go, but not giving up.
2: Interesting you should bring that up because a series of events happen in my life about four years ago. And I had to change some things. And I was praying and I said, I feel like I'm giving up and I'm not a giving up person. You know, people usually think I'm unstoppable. And I said, God, am I giving up? And I finally heard, no, you're rising up. And and from that point, I, I was like, okay, <laughs> this, this is acceptable for me in the way I think I'm rising up. So not every situation is meant to be and we can't beat that horse up. You know, we have to realize just like they say, people and situations come into our life for a season and then we have to rise up. And, and when that rising up process, I also got challenged by a higher power to totally surrender. And I thought I had surrendered a lot because I listen and I do what I'm told, you know, like people like, why are you always changing this or moving here? It's because I follow that energy and listen to that guidance. And it's brought me to great and wonderful places and people and experiences. But it was interesting because one day, um, you know, I turned the TV on for the dogs right? when I go out. <laughs> And I had come back in and it was a Sunday and there were all these ministers preaching on TV and I had work to do. So I decided I was going to shut it off and go do my work. And I heard, no, leave it on. You need to hear this. And I was like, huh? So I brought my computer into the living room area and and figured, well, I could still work and just let it be in the background. <laughs> right. right. And then, you know, after a while, there was a minister that came on that actually just his face scared me. And I thought, I've got to turn this off. And that's when I heard, this is the one you need to listen to and close the computer. And I went, okay. And this minister stood there and he said to his congregation, and he was very emotional and you could see he was starting to tear up. And he said, I'd like to know, and would you please stand up, do you have 100% faith in God? And everybody stood up and he began to cry. And he said, can you help me get there? Because I don't. And everybody sat down and he talked about surrender. And so after that, I, I went into my room And there's a painting that got channeled through me years ago. And I didn't always understand it back then. I kept asking when I was trying to fix it, that's not what we asked of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I would go into something else and I'd say, that's not what we asked of you. So it's really about listening to that. And so I put my hands on this picture, closed my eyes. Valeria, I felt like I was falling into the great abyss with no parachute, blind, and totally surrendered to this darkness with no fear. And I, I felt like I was floating on the wings of an angel with full support. And something began to shift inside of me that made me realize that in the surrender place is the freedom. So we're
0: almost at the end. Uh, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book?
2: Oh, gosh. I think we covered a lot today. <laughs> I just, you know, I ask all of you out there to find the strongest core value you have. Mine, I found out, was faith. It was the faith that got me through every challenge. And most people don't know their core values. And, you know, there's four major ones. And then there's the actual core, the the inner strength. Find out what they are. Bring them into your life. You know, use them no matter what the situation is. But really understand them. And don't just say, this is it, live them. How do you define success these days? What
0: is to be successful to you?
2: Oh, that just simply goes back to that spiritual piece. Well, yeah, you know, when you have that, that, that spiritual piece, to me, that's success. It's not what you buy and the the titles after your names. That's what we're taught it is. So it's a spiritual piece for me. It's that simple, right,
0: Gloria? It's that simple, Right. What is another word for healing? If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently?
2: Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) I love how fast that answer was.
2: (laughs) No, because I've asked myself many times in life, would I have any regrets? And I'm not afraid to die. I have no fear of dying whatsoever. Most people do. And, um, you know, I look at the things that I have explored and experienced, whether it's been hurtful and joyful and exploratory or whatever. I have been truly gifted a life that has taken me on a roller coaster, a merry-go-round and you name it all. And I embraced it all.
0: And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Can I say nothing? (laughs) (laughs)
2: yes of course
0: (laughs) of course because my
2: perception of life is ever changing you know what does that mean like tell me what you know what is life life I'm breathing okay so I know that if I wake up and I'm breathing I'm here but that to me is not life you know life again goes back to it's it's a frequency and harmony of existence so I don't know that I have three answers for you on that yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Would you like to uh, give us a website or email some more information about where we can find your books, products, services and future projects?
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, my email is pretty easy. It's my name. It's Gloria at Gloria dot com. That way I don't forget it and you don't forget it. <laughs> 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 um <That is> <laughs> i have two websites actually i have one that's gloria uh, which is more of my personal work and then i have the publishing page uh website which is ppp for powerful potential and purpose which was god given ppp publishing.com
0: wonderful thank you so much again gloria and we'll
1: talk
2: soon okay thank you Valerie. it's been a pleasure and bye for now
1: listening. To learn more about Gloria Coppola and her work, please visit GloriaCoppola.com. To learn more about this podcast,
0: please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.